We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience, as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. All right, babe, here we go. All right. Welcome back to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valatins. This is episode 18. We are having such a blast. We're months into this, and honestly, I just enjoy every conversation we have. And it has been so much fun to engage with our audience a little bit and learn about people's stories. And anyways, what a gift to be able to do this. But today, I'm excited because we're going to record the first episode of um, a category of topics that we will touch back on every now and then. These are tips for success in building blended families. And when we go after this, probably what we'll do is pick one tip and kind of do a deep dive into it and talk all the way through it. So today um, we are actually talking about building bonds inside of blended families, bonds of connection. And um, if you don't know about our story, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first few episodes to hear a little bit more about us. But we have been married for 12 years. And when we got married, Jason was a dad of three and had previously been married for almost 10 years, um, had gone through a divorce. And so the uniqueness, but all too commonness of that story these days has really framed our uh, life as a family. And so we are passionate about helping to encourage and equip uh, blended families among other types of relationships that we love speaking into. We do consider it such a gift to use whatever we've learned um, to, to help and to encourage and to make you feel a little bit less weird because something about um, knowing that we have shared experience, I think people not feeling alone in a journey that's tough is really significant. So that said, learn more about our story in previous episodes, but we are going to talk today about um, building bonds inside of a blended family and give you some some tips and pointers on how to do that well. Yeah. I mean, to me, the starting point really is how how you decide to date really decides for a large part how the kids will bond to mm-hmm. the step parent and i think a lot of couples mess this part up because it's mm-hmm. really easy to get so emotionally attached to the person that you're dating or you, at least you want to be right yeah. you you make a lot of mistakes by going out when you shouldn't go out, um, moving the relationship really fast. You want to be, you just want to be in that relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, talking to the kids about the person that you're dating too soon. And when the kids aren't ready and then it creates a a bunch of chaos for the Mm -hmm. kids. And so I see that happen so much. It just, it, and it's hard because when the kids don't trust the step parent, well, when the kids don't trust your dating process, when they don't feel like they have any power, any yeah. control in your dating process, then when you get married, you're trying to get them to make this big leap to like, I don't know if I even want you guys to be together. Right. I felt completely powerless in your dating journey. And now, you know, I'm first forced to 
bond with somebody that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. And for a large part, that's the parent's responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, when we started dating, you can speak into this too, but when we started dating, it's my responsibility to manage the pace because I know my kids. I'm right. talking to my kids. It's my responsibility to to help, you know, dictate that pace because I'm communicating with my kids and going like, Hey, um, before I even date, I'm talking to the kids about, Hey, I, th- I think I'm in a spot where I'd like to start dating again. What mm-hmm. do you guys think about that? Yeah. Where are you at? And that conversation is vital to, are they going to ever connect and bond to a co-parent? Right. Because if your kids aren't ready, you're not ready. That's right. It's, that's the bottom line. And if your kids are in a place where they're still really hurting, you know, they're, they're really struggling. Um, just because you want to be with somebody really bad doesn't mean that you should. Totally. You're about to create an environment that's just come so completely unhealthy because you're moving faster than your kids can move. Absolutely. Yeah. We, in episode nine, we talked about dating after divorce. And so specifically if you're listening in your, this is your current situation, I would really recommend that you go back and listen to episode nine. There's some really great, um, there's some really great keys in there that I think would help in the dating process. And I do, I agree. I think as parents, as adults, it's really easy sometimes to decide that I'm the adult Mm -hmm. and they're the child and I can't expect them to understand. And I get to make adult decisions because that's what adults get to do. And although that might be true, it's not a helpful approach in, in regards to their hearts, in regards to helping them build healthy bonds. You can say all day long, I'm the adult and I can't put this on them. They, they would never be able to determine the pace of my dating relationship. Mm -hmm. I think most of the time parents say that because they actually feel really powerless to help their kids along. Mm-hmm. They don't actually know what to do to help walk their kids through pain or, you know, help them rebuild trust or help them understand why mom and dad's marriage didn't work out the first time and how it can be different next time. And understandably, that's those are complicated conversations to have with your kids. Um, but the truth is, is that as the parent, as the biological parent of kids who have gone through either the loss of a parent or the divorce of their parents, wherever there is a broken marriage. I just want to say you are the best parent that could ever parent your kids, which Mm -hmm. means God is absolutely going to give you the tools and the, and the words to say, to lead your family through this tough time. And it, it actually is within the realm of possibilities to move your kids to such a place where they feel, uh, safe. They trust you. They know how to identify what's going on inside of them. They know how to ask questions. They know, uh, what they need. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, our three-year-old daughter the other day said to me, she was throwing an absolute fit. And I said, Edie, you've got to take a deep breath. You need to take a deep breath. I can't talk to you when you're screaming. And she just yelled at, she yelled back at me, mama, these are emotions. <laughs> And that's the fruit of actually training our little girl in identifying what's happening inside of her. And although it might be, you know, 
it's not pretty and it's a bit misplaced and she doesn't know how to be respectful all the time. She's honest about what's going on inside of her. It is actually possible to teach our kids how to do this. And so um, for the parent that might be feeling like, I want to push this relationship forward because I'm just desperate to be married again. I'm lonely. I want a partnership. I know we'll figure it out. He's a great guy. They'll trust him eventually. I just want to really encourage Mm. you, slow down. Your kids are worth a slower pace. Your kids' hearts are worth the time and energy and attention it will take to actually help them become ready for you to be in another intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's our plea to you, I suppose. The building bonds of connection is so important. The lifeblood of a family is the connectedness of a family. Mm -hmm. And so to know that dating well sets us up well for connection inside of family, that's huge. Now, you might be listening and maybe you're like, well, what I'd like to know that back when we were dating, we're 10 years into this blended family and it's still a hot mess. Or, you know, we're doing pretty good, but these areas are tough, dot, dot, dot. So can I say something to that? Yeah. Because if you're 10 years in, or you're five years in and you didn't start well, right? Like, you know that you push the boundaries, whatever mm-hmm. you sped it up. You got to take ownership for that. And I think that that's <clears throat> part of getting the kids to bond again is building trust with them. And so right. if someone was, if a married couple sit in front of me and they say, man, you know, my spouse is really having a hard time building trust with the kids because we rushed it. I would say you need to go to those kids and take ownership for that. Yeah, vocalize it, repent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and go, hey, listen, this is our fault. I was selfish. I I, wish we had done this different. Yeah, push the relationship. What you're feeling is normal. What you're feeling is because of me. You know, what do you need from me? That's good. And and reset that standard and get the kids to a place where they feel validated, they Mm -hmm. feel heard, they feel powerful, so that you can start to, you know, you're not going to bully your way into a bond. No, no. And I think if your kids are too young to have that conversation, you can still have a conversation. Mm-hmm. The conversation goes, you know, with little littles, the conversation would go something like, um, you know, yeah, daddy I, and Lauren are working on a strong marriage so that we can be really good parents to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the kids are really little, I mean, you're going to meet them what in what they can right where they're at. And so I think that it's just having those small conversations Mm -hmm. and letting them know. So the biggest thing to me with this, with especially even with little kids is letting them know that how they feel is normal. And it matters. It really does matter. So, you know, you got a four-year-old that's really frustrated. Hey, that's okay. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Let's talk through that. Mm -hmm. Validating their emotions helps them to feel really safe and cared for and, and seen. And that stuff's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think back to our season of being newlyweds inside of our blended family. And, you know, I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known to put words to this at that time. But in hindsight, what I know is the bond between a mom and a child or a dad and a child that happens at birth, there are chemical physical bonds that are formed. They say that when a baby is inside a mother's womb at a certain time in gestation, that baby has already learned 
both the voices of its mom and its dad. Mm -hmm. And there are incredible physical bonds that take place even after a baby is born, when that baby latches or starts nursing or is held or does skin to skin time. Like there are, there are vitally important bonds that, that take place at the very beginning of a child's life that fortify connection all the way through that child's life into adulthood. There are bonds that happen for babies that can't actually ever be broken regardless of circumstance, even if they do lose a parent, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Those, their wiring for bonding remains. And so, you know, step parents have to know that you're coming into a situation that is wildly different. There's a dynamic that that child has with its biological parents that you're never going to have mm-hmm. with that child. And that is okay. That is that is understandable. That is scientific. There's, there's nothing you can do about that. It's not, it, that shouldn't pose a threat that shouldn't pose, you know, cause for concern. You should go in with like list of facts, fact, I'm never going to have the same kind of bond Mm -hmm. with these, these kids that their biological parents have. However, what we obviously know is that kids throughout the course of their life will build bonds with many different people who will pour into them, who will lead them, who will guide them. Hopefully they will be strong and healthy bonds, but kids are wired to bond. And so it's absolutely possible for the, the life of your family to be strengthened for you to thrive inside of a blended family scenario as a result of intentionally building healthy and strong bonds as a family. Yeah. I think, one thing that's really important is um, when my ex-wife and I got divorced, we talked about this scenario because we knew that at some point it's the inevitable, right? At some point she's going to be in a relationship or I'm going to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we spent quite a bit of time um, just talking through like what's the actual best for the kids. Mm-hmm. And we made some agreements that I actually think really helped us in Neither of us broke these agreements. And I can honestly say that we, this is one area that we did really good in mm-hmm. is um, we had talked and just said, Hey, listen, we're not going to keep the kids from connecting and bonding to whoever she brought in and whoever brought, I brought in, you mm-hmm. know, to Mary and that we weren't going to use the kids against one another uh, with that, even from, you know, it's, seeing my family or really connecting my family or really connecting to her family. Like we had, we had had this conversation basically said like our, our kids don't need to pay for our decisions. Right. They don't need the pressure of, of feeling like they're going to make mom sad if they connect to you or feeling like they're going to make dad sad if they connect to, to her and, and, and her husband or whatever, her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. but they didn't need that pressure. Mm -hmm. But the best thing that we could do for them is allow them to to build and connect and have healthy relationships in their life, which meant us putting aside our fears, us putting right. aside our egos, our insecurity, our jealousy, and really allowing the kids, because here's the thing, the kids needed to be able to go over her house and talk about you oh yeah, and have her be excited. And the kids needed to be able to come to my house and talk about, you know, her husband and me be excited, not be me, be anything besides that. You know, they if they pick up on a hint of jealousy or envy, then now they're trying to protect me. Right. And, and that just drives a wedge. It puts these, it puts our kids in this really unnecessary spot where, you know, they're not the ones that get, got to decide 
what, where they grew up, how they grew up. And so I just think that that's massive. It, it, is. it could feel like we're kick, kicking a dead horse a little bit here, but to me, like how you set up this stuff decides the next, you know, 15 years of these kids' lives. Absolutely. And if you do it right and you leave the jealousy and envy and your insecurity and your fears out of it and you help the kids to bond and connect, well, then they can live in a world that doesn't feel so out of control. It it actually can be a benefit. Right. And so that was big for us. Yeah. Babe, let's talk about the first year of, Mm -hmm. you know, us being in, in blending a family. Yeah. So that first year... I would say, uh, I started to say this earlier. I realized I kind of, I got, I got sidetracked. What I was, what I was going to say was I, I see in hindsight that it is connection bonds that enable you to weather the hard times. And there will be plenty of hard times Mm -hmm. because family, raising a family is challenging in and of itself. Blending a family and raising kids in that dynamic is next level challenging. And it is the bond of connection that enables you to move through those hard times and actually find a lot of joy in them. And I wouldn't have known how important it would be, but I remember specifically in our first year of marriage, one of the best things that you did, babe, for me and to set our family up for success was we basically decided in the first year as the step parent, my main role and responsibility was to build connection through fun, making memories, being basically the good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was intentional. That was really intentional. You know, we moved in together after our honeymoon was over. We rented a house and you know, when the kids would spend time at our home in that first year, we made sure that that you did all the heavy lifting the when it came it, to yeah. discipline, when it came to correction, when it came to navigating, you know, hard conversations or setting boundaries and limits with them. Even if it was something that I really needed or felt was important, we would go through you really to deliver that message at first. And I think that's huge because what it did for me was it was a huge weight of pressure off of me to be anything but the stepmom who was here to become a safe place, the stepmom who was here to become a source of trust and strength, um, that I was there for the benefit of the whole. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember very specifically, you know, my time was my, my brain space when I wasn't working was filled with ways that I could communicate care and affection for the kids as they're learning to trust me. So silly things like, yeah, we're probably going to go through the Starbucks drive-through every other week or so as I pick them up from school, because that's fun. It communicates Mm -hmm. fun to the kids. It's, it's a fun way of celebrating the end of a school day and creating a memory and, um, those, those little things just speak a lot to kids. You know, their language is not the same as our language, mm-hmm. but shared experiences are huge. So it's, you know, the ice cream run or the, you know, we're going to watch a movie popcorn together at night. Yeah. And, and pop popcorn or yeah, let's do a, you know, let's do a sleepover 
in the living room, let's do camping in the living room or let's go on that camping trip. Let's do some things together that feel. So I spent a lot of time planning for our family, you know, experiences that we could have together. And I think that really set us up. It wasn't that I didn't have, it wasn't like I was coming in to be the BFF or the, Mm -hmm. you know, the fun babysitter. Like it wasn't that at all. You actually really established that once we were married, you and I were a unit and we were going to make all of our decisions together and we were going to be on the same page and the kids could expect us to back each other up and that we were, you know, we were a team. So that was definitely the dynamic. But when it came to my individual interactions with the kids, I wasn't doing a whole lot of discipline Mm -hmm. or correction. Well, and I I think that that's really important because uh, for, for men, it's easy to come in and drop the hammer. Right. Easier for sure. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like, oh, you're stressing, you're stressing mom out. You know, when the kids Mm. stress mom out, when the kids are out of control, it's easy for a guy to come in and go like, you're not going to talk to her like that. You're not going to do this like that to, to be even out of a good heart, right? Like watching your kids be disrespectful to their mom. If you're the step parent is still painful. It's a hard thing to do. And if you come in and you are all of a sudden are that authoritarian, man, you just erode all that trust instead of allow, allow the biological parent to introduce you as the teammate, Mm -hmm. allow them to give you and the kids to give you that right to speak into their life. And that takes a little bit of, uh, it takes some time, but eventually what happens is I'll say part of what I did was in the beginning was go on little things. Hey, can we have, uh, can we have dessert tonight? I don't know. Let me ask mom. Hey, can I go spend the night at my friend's house? I don't know. Let me ask mom. And if they went to call you mom, if they had to call you Lauren, I would have said, let me ask Lauren. Right? Right, right. So I am, I am constantly telling the kids without saying your mom and I, or your stepmom and I, we do everything together, you know, without doing that, I'm going, Hey, she carries Creating power. Normal she carries house. authority. She has a voice. She's here to care for you. And we're going to do this thing together. Mm-hmm. That's massive. That sets the tone. It helps the kids to create this really safe place. Because again, going back to, we bond when things are really safe, when things are predictable, when things, that's where kids operate the best. Right. Yeah. And so one of the things that you came in to help do is you, you help create a really simple structure for our life mm-hmm. for homework. So although I did, um, you did a lot of the fun stuff. You also carried the bulk of the homework with the kids. Like you were really helpful, jumped in there, did a lot of parent teacher stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of you carrying that weight and the kids saw that. So they saw not only is she doing fun stuff, but she's also doing hard work that helps me to be successful. Totally. And that was really big for yeah, the kids because right. they they started to count on you and they started to trust that you had their best interest in mind. You know, when when Evan, when you came in, Evan's reading comprehension speech was really low and you spent so much time with him. Yeah. And same thing with, with Riley and Elijah, like you came in and carried a bulk of their routine 
a bulk of their success in day-to-day, their day-to-day world. So they started to rely on you as that person who helps them feel successful in school, helps them, you know, talk through the hard things. I wasn't great with that. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that that's a key for if it was a guy coming in, it's like, okay, what area are you really good at? Right. Where can you bring strength? Where can you bring strength to these kids and meet them there? Yeah. Stay out of the uh, authority role as far as like setting, laying down the law yeah. and get way more into how can I help these kids be successful right. until, until they start to trust you. Then it's, Hey, listen, that's not how we talk to mom. Hey, listen, that's, um, one more thing I want to say mm-hmm. too is the parents have to get on the same page for how they're going to parent. Yeah. It's parents in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're blending a family mm-hmm. in the home, the, the adults, there's going to be some catching page. up to do mm-hmm. because, you know, I had already established a culture way that I talked to the kids Yep. and you know, that's not fun. Um, we did a, a lot of, of love and logic love choices. And logic, yeah. And so you had to do some catching up and and get your toolbox up to where mine was. Right. Not come in with your past and how you raised, you know, how you were raised as a kid, but come in because, man, now we have two different cultures. If we don't, then we have two different cultures and you're battling, you know, me and the kids are feel really unsafe in that environment. But you had to do a little bit of watching me implement this tool and listening to how I'm talking. And of course you did that some during dating, but parenting's a different ballgame because oh, yeah. you're waking up and the kids don't want to put their shoes on. They're going to be late for school and your anxiety is rising and you're going to have to default to whatever you know, whatever we have decided as our parenting style, but really it, you had a default to me. Yeah. So you had a bigger learning curve than I had, of course, oh, yeah. coming in, but the kids had a normal and you had to, you had to get on pace with that normal. Totally. I think that that's really key too, is, you know, you know, for me, I was 24, almost 25 when we got married. Just and, a baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the shock of, coming in to a full house after living on my own, having my own room, living with roommates, you know, other girls that were all really tidy and respectful. And I mean, you're just so undisturbed. You just Mm -hmm. are able to live however you want. And then you insert yourself into a mature family. You know, the youngest was six at the time. There's a lot of normals that have already been established and it is, bananas to think that you would come in and upend or disrupt or rewrite the script of how things are done in that family dynamic. Yeah, right. And actually, if you come in and try to change too much at once, it's going to absolutely backfire. And I remember having a conversation actually, babe, with your dad before we got married, because, you know, it wouldn't take somebody very long to see about me that I like order. I like structure. Mm -hmm. I like predictability. Uh, I like a, you know, a smooth sailing ship. I really like a well-oiled machine. And so I could have come in and implemented, you know, top down structure and routine and rhythm. And I could have changed all sorts of things. I'm going to give one example. So um, this isn't good, bad, right or wrong. I mean, we've kind of, we've kind of landed on how we want to raise the babies in a couple of areas where that we would do differently, you know, this would be one of them. I, when, when we first got married, 
I realized that the culture of dinner time was different than what I was used to. It was very important that everybody sat down at the table and ate together. And so we did that every night, mm. pretty much, unless we were, you know, running from sports to sports. And then you're like at Chipotle once a week, yeah. which we totally had to do Survive. for a season. <laughs> yeah. We're surviving the sports and the games and the parent teacher conferences and all the craziness of school age kids. But when we were home, we always had dinner together at the table. That was something that you had already established. But what was different for me was when you're finished with dinner, you could get up and go and do whatever you wanted to do. Now, obviously take your plate to the sink or whatever. Mm. Um, but it was okay for people to get up and leave the table after dinner. Now that again, good, bad, right or wrong. That's not the issue, but it was different for me and how I grew up, how I grew up was, you definitely ate dinner together every night. And also you didn't leave the table until everybody was finished eating and you didn't leave the table without permission. So you'd ask, can I be excused? And it's funny, like you become an adult and you know in your head that everybody does things differently, but somehow when you are put into a pressure cooker environment of having to sort this out and it becomes your life, like these differences become you are nose to nose with all of your differences and you're having to sort out what do I care about and what do I not care about? Like which hills am I going to die on? Mm -hmm. Which ones am I just going to, you know, wave my white flag and just surrender to? Um, this was one of them. And I distinctly remember being in our house that we rented together in our first year. One night we had had dinner, you know, it was hit or miss about whether the kids liked it. Cause obviously first year of marriage, I'm just figuring everything out. So we had dinner together and I remember everyone in the family had gotten up and left, including you, like you had gotten up to go to the kitchen. I'm sitting at the dining table by, by myself eating the rest of my dinner. And I just start crying. <laughs> I just start crying because honestly, for me, it was that moment of, of, um, it wasn't about that moment in particular, mm -hmm. but it was this just like, it was sinking to the pit of me, the reality of like, I am so not in control here. Like we don't just do it my way. And that is hard for me. Yeah. You know? So it was a lot of those moments in our first few years of kind of going, okay, this is not actually a hill I'm going to die on. You know the one I did die on? <laughs> Putting your stuff in the dishwasher. <laughs> It's a good one to die on. That was an early, early mm -hmm. adopted and Jay really got on board and it just, I'm like, I don't mind a lot of things, but if you could help me clean up, that would be great. Yeah. So there's certain things absolutely to come in and, and change and tweak and adjust. There's everybody's allowed to have needs. Right. But mm -hmm. I think your dad helped me realize early on, like, Hey lady, listen, yeah. you're going to have to go slow on the change. Cause there's a lot of normals happening here that are not yours this is a mature family that is steeped in yeah. tradition and routine. You got to kind of blend in. The misconception is that if we do it my way, everyone will like it better. You know, I'm going to come in here and, and we're going to do it my way. We're going to do some things we've never done. Yeah. And these kids are just going to love it. And, and everyone's <laughs> going to be better. It, yeah. It's just not really true. No, kids are so wired for consistency they are. and routine that honestly, the more you can keep the same for the first little while, probably the better. Mm-hmm. It's true. I think to me, one of the last things here is we're going to wrap up soon. Um, kids are in, they're in transition. It's very hard for kids to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth into a new reality. There's so many 
different emotions going on inside of them. And just think about where you're at as an adult, right? Like we have a hard time decoding our emotions and regulating those in, in communicating them in, in, in a healthy way. How much more when kids are going into this world that they've never been in before. And, and most more than likely, you know, they're also transitioning into different stages of their lives. You know, like uh, my kids were, um, reaching puberty and all that. And so they have all these different emotions that are happening and you have to just allow for that to happen. Mm -hmm. So don't, again, like there's going to be some acting out, right? There's going to be some checking the boundaries. There's going to be all that kind of stuff. And your job is to help them. Your job is to be a helper. Your job is to not come in and hammer them. Mm -hmm. Your job is to come in and help them understand that, it's normal. What they're feeling is normal and it's frustrating for them and it's it's challenging. And I think this is where the biological parent can do a great job at laying in bed with them at night, especially if they're, you know, yeah. under the under 15. Laying in bed at night with them and when they're when they can actually hear you, right? Because if they throw they throw a fit in the middle of the day or they're just being really tough in the middle of the day because they don't even know why, right? They're moody. But if you go lay in that bed when you know, when everyone else is asleep with him and how are you, bud? And man, today was really tough. And I really love you. Um, what's going on with you? You know, how are you doing with, with all the different things? Whatever. You ask them some really good questions that, uh -huh. that help them to connect and, and start soft, you know, start that conversation like, Hey, I just love you so much. Can I lay down with you for a little bit? And yeah. I'm so proud of you, you know, that type of conversation. But I, earlier was really tough for me. Are you okay? What's going on with you? Start that conversation when they can hear you mm -hmm. and, and make it less about their acting out and more about their heart and what they're going through. And man, if you can do that and you can just be consistent in that and not freak out when we got to get control, we can't allow disrespect or uh, the kids will just do so much better yep. and that bonding will really happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Okay. Cheers. All you blended families listening. Great job. Keep it up. Here's some, some tips and tricks for your tool belts. We hope that this is helpful. If you're listening and you know of a blended family, you're like, okay, I'm sending this to so-and-so just go ahead, shoot them the link. We hope that this helps. Um, what a fun conversation. We'll do more of these in the future. But for now, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Listen, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that. If you haven't shared it or left a comment, that's a big thing for us. Rate and review it. Um, that helps a lot. All right, guys. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.